Welcome back, everybody, to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 50. Number 5-0, pretty big uh, milestone. It took a little while, but, you know, I've been taking my time, been having fun. Been surfing a lot, been down down in the OC a lot, uh, surfing church, boneyard, uh, just my usual longboard spots, Sano. Church has been a lot of fun, been surfing down there with Mikey and Worm, just having a great time. You know, now slowly the spots up here in Northern County, LA are starting to light up a little bit. You know, Malibu was a lot of fun this morning. I think I'm going to spend the next couple of days at First Point, Leo County, that kind of thing. Uh, have some friends to meet up there. So I'm excited about that. Been riding this new board that the crew over at Dash hooked me up with this modified black nail. You know, I rode worms black nail that they made for her and she told me it was a little bit different so i basically just told them to make me the same exact board two inches longer very different characteristics than some of my other boards i sh i ride you know i tend to ride a lot of involvement style boards where it's wide point back narrow narrower nose but this one has a lot less concave in the nose than i'm used to it's way thinner it's like two and seven eighths thick foiled rails glass really light super flexy moves a lot and i'm having a lot of fun figuring it out it's one of those boards that i think is going to help me progress a bit more because it's challenging me in a lot of ways because of how loose it is and how fluid but you know when you get it on a wave to really go it's amazing i think on waist high to chest high waves it's been one of the most fun boards i've ever been on in my life so thanks to levi and tanner for hooking that up i love that board i also got another board on the way from Thomas Bexon, who's been in town, who's been shaping some boards. Hopefully, some of you guys got on that list. I know he's been working his ass off. I know a lot of my friends have boards coming from him. I'm really excited to get mine. I know it's going to take about another month or so because uh, it's shaped, but to get it through the glassing process is going to take a little while. They're, they're really backed up there. So, yeah, new boards, new waves, new weather. But how are you guys doing out there? You guys having a good time? I hope you guys have been scoring... I know a lot of people on East Coast have been scoring. My crew over in the OBX has been scoring. Some NYC cats have been sc scoring. Great waves, which is awesome. You know, I, I'm excited to actually go to the Outer Banks in June and surf with Asher and a bunch of those other people there. And hopefully they'll have waves. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, volume 50. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the iTunes description of this episode for track listings and links to, to things that we're talking about. Also, head over to bodegabordercrew.com for our full, full store where we have merch. We still have copies of the zine, some new stuff that we put out, some new colorways of hats that we uh, got in thanks to an order we did for Japan. And we're going to be putting up I think some new shirts in the next month or so, so keep your eye peeled, as well as a big late spring sale to usher in some new stuff coming in. But let's talk about this episode. This episode is a kind of fun one. Uh, it's fun and I'm going to get into some shit that's kind of annoying me too. Uh, but this episode we featured an in interview with none other than River Kobe. Uh, River is such a great surfer, such a great guy. I've been a big fan of his. So we did a little interview with him over at San O. I'm also going to be talking about the Relic, the WSL, the duct tape, 
surf contests in general, but would have focused on a relic. I obviously put up a post that got a lot of attention, so I'm going to talk about that. Lastly, I'm going to have a couple of short takes. Uh, the first one is going to be the electric acid surfboard test with Stephanie Gilmore that our friend Alberto did the score for and that I thought was really cool. Uh, the second thing is Log Wrap the Movie. I don't know if you guys have got a chance to check it out, but it's been really amazing, and Ryan did an amazing job, and I'm going to talk about that. And lastly is a little video of none other than Mr. Toots by Dan Surf Videos. But I want to get into the tracks, and I think this week I'm going to get into some kind of funkier stuff, stuff I've been listening to lately. I've deviated a little bit from listening to so much hardcore 90s hip-hop and got more into a lot of soul and funk stuff so a lot of this episode has those kind of tracks as well as hip-hop that's influenced by that and i hope you guys enjoy and i'll check in with you guys in a little bit peace everybody loves the sunshine Living in the ghetto Where the dangers Show no reno Well when he's out Late at night If he's got his head on right Well I lay you nine to five He's walking with steel Brother man say he's afraid of gangsters Messing with people just for fun He don't want to be next to so just last week he bought himself a gun Everybody got a pistol Everybody got a 45 No philosophy seem to be At least as near as I can see When other folks give up theirs I give up mine This is a violent civilization The civilization where I am Channel and I stop on got a different kind of cop on and chilling them by the mayors for Uncle Sam. But Saturday night just ain't that special. Yeah, I got the Constitution on the run. Cause even though we got the right to defend our home, defend our land, got to understand and get it in hand about the gun. Everybody got a pistol. Everybody got a 45 And the philosophy seem to be At least as near as I can see When other folks give up, give up, give up I give up, I give up
Electromagnetic radiation, radio waves, changing frequency. Here in NYC, we get busy. Naps and peas, street smarts, no college degrees. Too many degrees to freeze. Not faking, fake snakes are baking. Honey's hips are shaking. It ain't no joke, so get your boys. This is our food, rule what we do. We make noise, 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 noise. I'm asked. 
to that Drying them seeds up like the land of Jehoshaphat Aches and pains and it wasn't even over change But over shorty trying to go against the grains In your veins like IV Cause I be most lively on the premise Fake rappers gonna blemish The wax ripper ripping the racket with the bare cuts Looking at you funny like cops with cool haircuts But what's facetious when your body get broke to pieces Hard hits, you better grab your crucifix to Jesus And hold it tight cause I'm the man that in your fight Just like a pilot that's a glimpse of the style that's performer pimps Like Dolomite, if you ain't rolling right, shit, soldier might For cash, here comes a Union Square dash to your neck And Brooklyn niggas caught the wreck Live, we doing it East New York style Ghetto to ghetto, coast to coast uh. Like you always do, it's true You better stay close to your crew You knew you blew, and can't get saved by Kung Fu Blah fever, my raps are like a lever Pulling a trap door, hitting you hard like a crock jaw So play the clean, do whatever to make your name fly by some kids called Blase Blah Which only mean we don't thirst for name first Just to get in your purse I put fake rappers in reverse With the verse Dropping directly on your melon Two kids rebelling Because the lies rappers telling Don't fool me at all Trying to make yourself look glossy But down with Versace and rings like Liberace Here comes Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 50. Hope you guys have been digging the tracks, taking a little departure from the usual schedule program. I don't do these that often anymore because I'm just really busy and this is a labor of love. And, you know, I don't want to put out content that is just mediocre and just do it because I'm doing it. So, hope you guys enjoy the selection we made this week. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 50. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the iTunes description for this episode for track listings and things that we're talking about. But this week, we're talking with none other than River Covey. River is one of the dudes that surfs Santa a lot, and he's a familiar staple in a lot of the kind of festival contests around the world. You know, he's, he's done the hot dogger. He's done, you know, a bunch of the other contests. And I really love his surfing, his style, his whole attitude, and I've always wanted to get him to speak about where he comes from and what he does. And this has taken a little while for us to put together. We've been talking for the last year and a half about having him on, and it just never happened. And 
this interview we actually did in this van at Sano one of the weekends that I was there. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hope you guys get something out of it. And I'll check in with you guys in a little bit. Where were you born and where did you grow up? I was born in San Diego. Uh-huh. And uh, grew up in Mission Bay. Didn't start surfing too much till I was about 9 or 10 when, uh-huh. when I moved to Oceanside. Okay. I lived a couple blocks from the beach. Oh, so that makes it convenient. Yeah, so I just walked down there. Uh huh. Would fi- find boards and pile boards, and then a few years lived there, and then I moved up to Capo Beach with my mom's boyfriend and uh-huh. her, and he would surf a little bit, so we'd go out with him. Um, he helped me get a board, and then my mom worked down in Del Mar in San Diego. Uh-huh. She didn't have like daycare options. Uh-huh. So she dropped me off at the top, and then I just walked down here. It's not a bad like daycare. No, it's not. <laughs> all, I had all the old guys, and you know, Andy and the Cardozos and Kyle uh-huh. and all them. They would kind of watch over me a little bit, give me so, like so sa- and whatnot. So Sano, in a way, was like you're you're basically you're like like your preschool. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole thing, and then moved to Dana Point a couple years after that, and so that was just a quick skate down the hill uh-huh. to go to Doho. So I'd hang out there quite a bit. Uh huh. That's kind of how I got into it, hanging out with all, all the guys that were doing it, just borrowing boards and shit. What piqued your interest in surfing the first time? I really liked skating when I was young. I was super, okay. super into skating, but it was kind of too, like, yeah, yeah, for me, you uh-huh. know? And, like, sur- surfing was, there's, you know, something spiritual about it. Yeah, yeah. Just being able to go do it by yourself. I was yeah. never good at sports or any of that, and then right. it never really, like, got me going, but just surfing and like doing that it's uh-huh. just too cool so kind of how old were you when you skated just always kind of skated it was just like you had a board around yeah around. I, I found one at a thrift store and i would just always ride that okay and then surfing was just so fun well it's funny because a lot of people who like come from skating they typically go to longboarding versus shortboarding which is kind of interesting it's something that like in a lot of my interviews i've kind of realized like everybody who like kind of like street skateboarded, right. like they're like they're like oh yeah, it's like I I went to longboarding naturally, like it's because of the style element and all that kind of stuff. I was a lot shortboarding was sick. I still I still think it's sick. It was just kind of unattainable when I was younger, because uh-huh. you know you got to get all the necessary requirements. You got to have like the right board and like you know yeah all those fins and leashes and traction. You know, it's kind of like a whole scene. And here it was just kind of like, well, got a surfboard. <laughs> get on it i'm gonna go surf yeah yeah which is rad yeah which is cool and i just kind of you know found a community down here that i was stoked on so just kept doing it and you were mentioning like andy and some of those guys there was those are some of the first people you started like surfing with yeah i mean they were always kind of on the same program as i was they were you know four or five years older than me Uh and watching them do it and just like you know, they had, like, a full family-style thing. They'd all take each other to the beach and watch out for each other. Like, each other borrow each other's boards and shit. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was just, like, so cool. And obviously, you know, they're, like, I'm pretty biased growing up with them, but they're, in my opinion, some of the best surfers in the world that, no, I, no, that I I've seen. And, yeah. you know, have a good time. They have a lot of appreciation and knowledge about, like, traditional surfing and where it came from. Right. Kind of, kind of with everything, like, in music or art or surfing or any of that, you know, I think it's important to, like, understand the basics mm-hmm. before you go to, like, the performance side of it. Like, the, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with, like, you know, doing crazy airs or, mm-hmm. you know, surfing ways like that. Or even if you want to 
ride a performance longboard and do schwacks and shit. Like, mm-hmm. if that's your thing, that's your thing, dude. Right. Like, sick. I back it. You right. know, but just for me, where I'm at in my surfing, is like, I'd like to take the steps from where it started. Like, mm-hmm. the first board I ever made was in the Laya. Oh, like so it, you really, you really like, you really was, start from ground zero. Yeah, uh, just because it's cool, like, to see, like, the progression, because, mm. you know, guys like Donald and guys like Joel that kept that spirit alive, and, you know, then there's guys like Devin and CJ that kind of lean towards the performance side sometimes, but then they keep traditional roots. It's, like, very mm-hmm. interesting to see how all those go. Mm-hmm. You know, if you something gets you stoked, by all means do it. Yeah. You know, but I want to go through everything to find out what gets me the most stoked kind of thing well i mean it's it's being influenced by the influencers not the influenced in a sense like you're finding out like where the the core the, where the source of all that stuff is right. coming from not like the end result like you're looking like like if you see someone out there who's a current surfer for example who's really good at like um like fading and 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 cutting back it's like seeing what influenced them to get there and what influenced the people before that gives you better understanding of how that becomes you in a way right because like i i don't know i'd consider like the way we all surf is like not completely traditional by any means like no, you, no, you know you, you look at stuff that, that like people are doing like with their switch or just like you know fins first or you know doing stuff that back in the day it's like some guys surf like that but that was you know, for, for the elite few yeah. that were just absolutely ripping, you mm-hmm. know. And then it kind of got into the evolution of everything. Like, I'm really jazzed on mid-lengths. I just think they're sick. Like, in, Is that your new trip now? It's, I've always kind of loved it. Just because you can't always ride a 10-foot log in, in everything, you know. I, no. grew, I grew up close to Doho, but sometimes I just get sick of surfing knee highways. So I'd yeah. go to Creek, which is around the point, you know. Yeah. And... You know, that's such a fun wave, and there's so many good shortboarders there. Yeah. <laughs> I would always, you know, jump on, like, Mayhems and whatnot, and just, like, give it a go, but it was always kind of, you know, there's such a scene to it. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that where that, like, there was that kid that, like, got into a fight with someone, and, like, his parents tried to sue them or something? Yeah. The, Some crazy The shit. amount of, like, altercations I've had surfing shortboard waves on a longboard is <laughs> well, ridiculous. Well, they, they're not yeah. really happy. I run into it a lot of times at Topanga where they're like, it's not, you know, today's not a longboard day. I'm like, it's a longboard day whenever the fuck you want it to be. Like, you calm the do fuck it. down, dude. Do yeah. like, like, dude, sorry. Sorry you brought, you brought a shortboard to like three foot high waves. That's on <laughs> you, man. That's not me. Like, your problem. Exactly. Like, my, br- my brother was a bit older than me, so he kind of had more of a say than I did on like where we were surfing ah. when my mom would drop me off you know okay. he's a couple years older than me and uh, he was all gung ho and shortboarding and so she'd drop us off at Lowers right. cause you wouldn't have to drive all the way into Sano yeah yeah you could just go the get, you could stop right at Lowers get back I, on the freeway yeah yeah so you know sometimes I'd make the trek all the way from Lowers to here if I wanted oh, to surf Jesus. four hours with my log but it's a it's a trek you know so yeah, yeah. a lot of the times I'd just go surf at lowers like fuck it and being being a mini grom riding a log at lowers all the other little groms were nightmares they would give me so much shit and do all this stuff and all the old guys like they'd see me every day and they'd be like why don't why don't you ride something else i'm like 
because I don't have anything else. Like, like this what do you I, mean? I have this. I've heard the same thing about there. Like, Devin was talking about how, like, when he showed up with, like, just mid-lengths at lowers, like, even to this day, like, everyone just, like, yells at him. And he's like, dude, what do, you, what do you want me to tell me? There's a full crew of, like, old guys that, like, die hard, ride longboards, surf lowers when it's sick, and no one gives them shit because they've been doing it for yeah, ages. And true. I just kind of, like, went to them and, like, hid behind them because they're doing it and yeah, yeah. you know if you're gonna yell at me they'd be sitting right there and hearing it and a lot there of the time they'd let me get so arrested but sometimes I'd be like he's not doing anything wrong like, like yeah, lay, lay off the kid it's, yeah. it's cool you know well, I thought it was interesting that they had that contest that lowers that relic thing I think it's cool like putting money into surfing yeah so. that was the thing <laughs> I was gonna ask you about because you've done a lot of contests like you know festivals and stuff like big and small um, some of them have more money, some of them have less money. Do you think it's the, the contesting is the way to make money, or is there a different way for people to make money off of, like, this type of surfing? I don't know. It's kind of all what you're into. Like, you know, there's really talented individuals that have made a career for themselves and, like, explicitly are against doing contests. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even in the shortboard world, I feel like it's kind of... A, thing right now you know like look at someone like dan reynolds like he's not known craig for his, anderson yeah craig anderson they're not known for their like crazy competitive glory streaks of like winning every contest but mm-hmm. like they're still looked at as some of the best you know yeah surfers that have ever surfed so it's kind of whatever floats your boat i guess if you're a good competition surfer and you know how to do it and like you don't mind like you know kind of getting a little aggressive sometimes yeah, yeah. and like you know doing your best that's cool i fully back it i just get more stoked on like the community behind it and like you know it's always fun to give it a fair Mm -hmm. shot but Mm -hmm. it's it's hard for me to put a criteria to how i surf because i don't think about like oh nose ride right now and then oh turn yeah where it's like 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 very mathematical yeah it's just like you know do what works and what you like and yeah exactly so it's, it's cool. I have a lot of respect for people that can just, like, do contests and make a killing at it. No, there's people... I mean, it's in everything. It's in, like, skateboarding. It's in surfing. It's in snowboarding. There's people who, like, can, like, turn that switch on, right? They're, like, like contest skaters and contest surfers. Like, they're really good. And then there's people who, like, I would argue most of the time are better than those people, but they can never do a contest. Like, they would... It's just not in their realm, right? Yeah, that exactly. kind of thing. Um, I, I was just asking you, because you, you were in... Australia for three weeks. Were you there for the WSL thing? Uh, I just went for the NUSA thing. I didn't even know the WSL thing was going on. That happened like seriously, like last minute. Like it was just kind of like super last minute. Yeah. And I've always really looked up to Devin and <clears throat> everything he's done in surfing. Like writing for the journal is like one yeah. of the coolest things in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like I really wish more print would come around and to have a guy that has an appreciation for that side of surfing and did it and like. You know, he was one of the helping guys that did Mm -hmm. it, and to watch him (coughs) move into the WSL and, like, make a drastic change within, like, one contest from, like, predominantly, like, performance longboarding with, like, you know, they'd be, like, guys like David Arganda and Kevin Skavarna and even, like, Avalon and them. They would ride single fins from time to time in, like, Taiwan in those contests, which is super admirable, but, (laughs) you know... They were getting smoked by guys that were doing I mean, if they're, if 12 not, o'clock turns. Yeah, if you're not getting scored on it, it doesn't help. Right, but then to see... Like, I got to watch Harrison and Justin's heat, and then watch Taylor Jensen and Steven Sawyer's heat, and both both 
heats, I was like completely blown away at how well those guys were surfing. And t- it was funny how like it ended up in that semifinal where there was like two more traditional guys and then two more performance guys, and then it went head to head in the final. Yeah, and that was like a nail biter for sure. And it was great. I mean, I was for Devin to start out this series with that being the semis to the final and who won it's like you couldn't script a better way for him to be like this is what it's going to be like guys yeah. and they, he wasn't it didn't you know i didn't hear any calls that were like questionable no, you know no, like no, no, everyone no. was the amount of high scores that were dropped like i think harrison dropped like an eight or nine within the first like five yeah. ten minutes he was also i mean that's his backyard like right so he's right. just like like i was watching some of the preliminary heats of with him in it and i was like i thought he was gonna win the, i was like Every time I was seeing him surf, I was like, he could do anything he wants to on that wave at any given time. Like, you could just see it. He's like, oh, I'm just going to whip around, cut back. I'll nose right right into it. I'll turn back. Like, ripping. Like, could you couldn't stop him. I thought he was going to win it. But to see Justin win it, which Justin is, like, for the long in the longboarding world, he is a great he's a great surfer but on top of that he's a great contest surfer he's won how many duct tapes he's won like a shitload of them right? yeah, like, count, like he knows how to do it he knows the game he knows how to do it and how to put up a good score and that one wave in the final where he had that really high score it was a really great competition wave for the conditions like, right. like I was like whoa this whoa yeah it was, it was oh. cool I got I got to stay towards the end of my trip with uh, like Ryan and Patrick Conklin. Okay. They're, they're these younger kids. They're around my age uh-huh. from Florida, and they grew up surfing with Justin. They're friends with Saxon Wilson. Who's I was gonna say with Saxon, yeah. Insane surfer, and uh, got to stay with them. And Justin came and stayed with us towards the tail end of it, and just seeing his mindset with everything, you know, because he'll come out and have fun with us, but like, yeah, he was there to do well. Yeah, he wanted he, to win. You know, yeah. which is awesome because because. We were having a great time, but I could tell, like, the way he was surfing, he was, like, really giving it giving it his best, you know? And oh, yeah. when it switched from first point to the groin, it, like, opened up the entire field for him. Because if it was Harrison and Justin at, at the first point, point... No, Harrison would win. You know, it, it'd be questionable. It'd be great to see Justin surfing at backside, but, you know, yeah. growing up with that much knowledge of the wave and doing it your whole life, you know, it's kind of in the bag, everyone yeah. would think, and then... Having it switched to the grind, which is almost close to Florida style. As I was sitting yeah, up with yeah. Florida boys, and they're East like, Coast "Dude, beach this break. is like pumping Florida!" Like, yeah, it was. It's like East Coast beach break. It's like OBX Florida, same shit. Like that's what it looked like to me when when the camera went on. I didn't even realize they switched locations, and I like texted Devin. I was like, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" He's like, "Oh, we had to move down the beach." There's like no way. So I was like, "What are you guys surfing? This looks like like New York." Yeah, like, like dude, full this, East Coast. Yeah, I was like, "Dude, this is weird." Like. But it was it was rad to see that. I know Devin was, because I talked to him about it and interviewed him about it. Like he's really excited, and like I said, I don't think you could script it any better. And I think what he's trying to do, going back to putting money into you know this kind of surfing, he's trying to have another avenue for all you guys and girls to have like money somehow. Like you know what, like the New York contest. Like I'm actually curious how many people are gonna enter that contest because yeah. they have a limit of seventy two. Wow, that's still. Uh, you know, good contingent of people. Yeah, but and there's going to be like a lot of East Coast people that enter, and I'm sure Saxon will be there. I'm sure a lot of those OBX kids are going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I might actually go to my hometown, like just to check it out. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think it's rad. 
Um, and I know you've done a bunch, so it's like it's kind of cool to see you popping up in like all the different ones. Like you did a Noosa Fest, and then you did like you've done like the Hot Dogger, which is like it's more of like a fun thing, right? Yeah. It's like it's like dude, the wave sucks. It's like we're just having a good time, kind of thing. There's money involved, but you know, it's not like a grand purse like the WSL. I, I kind of love it. It's it's so like it's such a funny time to be involved in all of it. Uh-huh. You, you know, watching like obviously like the holy grail of longboarding contests is the duct tape. Like, yeah. It's just like the the format, the surfing, the whole thing about it is just like I couldn't put anything better. But I feel like a lot of that wasn't you know influenced by the coalition because the coalition is like I've been doing those since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Just because it's sick. It's like you get to surf these like classic California waves, and you know for the most part there's a lot of guys riding single fins. Yeah. And it's just you know that whole weekend every time there's a contest is just such a blast yeah you know and th- there's that whole aspect of like i get to surf pumping malibu with four to six guys out <laughs> no one's you, dropping in on you no, <laughs> it's kind of nice <laughs> fully and you know it's i'm not the kind of guy that goes into a contest like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to win i'll yeah. burn you i'll pile yeah. around you yeah. i'll get in your way like i'm just kind of more in it like if i get to make it all the way to the final i surf maximum amount at Malibu yeah. with like less people out which, which is great you know and if yeah, it yeah. comes around that you can take it out that's sweet but if not like it's still such a good time it's funny because it's it's actually like one of the things you hear a lot of the competitive shortboarders also talk about why they enter contests knowing that they're not going to be placed in the top 10 they're like I get to run heat I like sunset or like like you know some of the better waves in the world like Fiji and stuff with only two people out there and it's like a controlled environment they're like that's why I fucking enter it they're like as long as I like get to get some waves and then like you were saying the more heats I make the more waves I'm getting at that spot with less people at it I'm good with that like I walk away I'm happy you know kind of thing Um, now the thing with contests too is that you know it makes a lot of sponsors happy and that kind of thing so you've you've worked with a couple of different people now you're getting boards from Gato um, how did that start, that relationship? I've just kind of always seen them around. Never really thought I'd ever be riding one because they're kind of a, a higher-end surfboard. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like beautifully crafted surfboards made by Waterman Skilled. That's glasses yeah. all of them. Evan Daly's doing them, but it's out of that factory. And yeah. Greg Martz is one of the like founding guys that did that. And I actually, my first board was a Vega from Waterman Skilled. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was working with Jed Knoll when I was super young, and he made me a few boards as well. So I would always go there and, you know, kind of talked with those guys and tried pe- other people's boards, you know, jumped around, and then I was working with the Guild a little bit, and Robin and Evan were there, and I just kind of got to the point in my head where I was like, I, like, I'll pay for a surfboard. Like, I'll work, you yeah. know, doing dishes or whatever if it means I can, like, get like a really cool you know guys like skip fry and guys like gene cooper like these are like some of the last few years you know mm-hmm. before those guys move on and like there's only so many boards that are going to be hanging around from that era you know so in my head i was like well if i can save up to get something like that that'd be sweet so you know one of the boards i always looked at because robin's out of capo beach yeah i was just like robin like you make the sweetest boards like I would love to like do what I can to like get a used one or something. And I was actually meant to buy one from them. And then he's like, dude, just go surf it. And so I just was no riding complaints. it. And then it's just been going from there, you know? So. How long's that been now? 
I would say about a year. Maybe uh-huh. maybe a little bit over a year. And what boards are you getting them from them? Are you getting the more like like the cream style stuff or are you getting the the knife gato stuff? Yeah, for the most part it's the cream Californian is what I've been riding. It's kinda like the one I have right now is nine ten. Has like a pretty substantial amount of step deck in it, no concave. Mm-hmm. And just like perfect sandal board. Right. It works great. You know, I rode a Playboy when I was in Australia. I borrowed that from Wild Things and those things are so knifey and turn so well and like work in really good like waist high top to bottom waves. You know, but, but, that, but we don't have that here. But for you know, Santa it's so rolly and Yeah. You're not really racing anything. You can sit no, in the no. whitewash for an hour and come back yeah. into the section whenever you feel like it. Yeah, so yeah. these boards work great for that. So it's really cool to be working with them. I've really looked up to their level of craftsmanship mm-hmm. and how much like they put into each surfboard, just in the glassing and the shaping and like, I know, I mean, every, it's like, everything they use, you know. It's like a beautiful sports car, right? Like, not only does it run really nicely, like, you look at it and you're like, holy shit, that's like a nice right. board. Like, you touch every part of it in the glassing job and, like, it's like, I mean, the first time I remember seeing them, I was like, whoa, this is like... This is something I will never get. <laughs> like it was like exactly. it was like so unattainable. Like I was like, wow. Um, and even the ones that they do that are just like like you know sand and finish like white and stuff that are clear. You're still kind of like. Uh, he's he's a marketing genius. Like his whole aesthetic he has behind him and like. Yeah, they they have a great brand. They have a great brand look. Like you see one of their boards down the beach. Like it could be any color variant, it could be any model, and you're like, that's one of their boards, and you can't say that about a lot of people. You just know. Yeah. Oh, right, right away. Right off the bat. Which and you, and you're doing stuff now with uh, Dark Seas as well. Yeah. So how did, how did that happen? I was surfing in Middles one day, and Dark Seas is owned by Obey. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys that works pretty high up in Obey was down there, and we we were just chatting. He's like, yeah, come come swing by the warehouse come check it out see what's going on they're out of Irvine right they're out of Irvine yeah, yeah. so I surfed with him he was super cool dude super friendly and nice so I went up and checked it out and their whole thing it's really cool since you know I was appreciated skateboarding I uh, knew who Adrian Lopez was, was obviously yeah, who yeah. worked with Circa and Zero yeah, and everything yeah. and and he's a big part in that company. Yeah, which is great to see, like that. It's fact that like he he helped start it, but it's not like he stepped away. It's like he's still hands on in there. Full hands on, which yeah. is rad. And you know, I've always had an appreciation for art. And someone like Shep Ferry, who's like one of the most widely known graffiti artists yeah. ever. You know, he he's heavily involved in there. So, oh, is he really? Yeah, I was curious. So, a lot of the Obey art, like the Obey giant face and everything, that that was all Shep. Um, and when you go in there, you know, there's so much memorabilia about everything he's done. And then there's the skateboarding side and the mm-hmm. motorcycle side and the fishing side and the surfing side. And they had all this stuff, but they didn't really have too much longboarding going on. And I just thought it'd be a unique opportunity to be able to work with them. Yeah. And kind of like see where it would take me. And that was, I want to say my sophomore year of high school. They, they've helped me out going to the Mexilog Fest and the New oh, Festival. Oh, really? Yeah, they've... We've been working on some designs together for some clothing and whatnot. And they've just always been super supportive. That's right. Of all I'm, my endeavors and ideas. So it's been great to work with them. Super stoked on them. Yeah, I mean, they're a good brand. I mean, I think the stuff they're doing, I did. I, it's good to see that they're trying to get into longboarding. Because I know they're doing something with Ryan from Lograp. Right. Like, he's doing something with them. And it's like, I always thought that. I mean, um, and I figure Shepard, he would kind of have his... his, his 
now that he's involved with it, I would think then he would have some kind of, like, how can I explain it? He would have an eye to knowing that, like, that's the cool shit to be involved with because he's always been like that. I've known Shepard since, like, 94. Wow. Um, so, yeah, because you're, you're out of New York, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I actually have one of his, like, you know, those Andre Giant stencils, the original ones? When he went to RISD, uh, Rhode Island School of Design, he used to take his old... Um, uh, uh, homework projects and they're made on like this Bainbridge board like really thick board and he would make the stencils on those and I have one at my old house no that was way. his like homework assignment that he did on that that he gave to me and my friend he's like oh I want you guys to go around town and like blah 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 this thing up like he's rad he, he I used to do a magazine he used to send me shit all the time like when they had the first like I don't know if they have this in the office there like he actually started a printing factory mm-hmm and that's like how he funded the whole thing. Like, Sick, I like, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he did. He basically did silkscreen work for all these different companies. Yeah. And then like, okay, they paid for this. I'm gonna take that money and I'm gonna make a screen and screen all these fucking stickers. Like, like that was his whole. Th- it was genius. It was like, okay, you're basically off your clients' backs. You're basically paying for your like pet portrait. And he's so creative. He's yeah, just he's like rad. he's really amazing. M- making it work, and that that's what's cool about a company like Dark Seas. Dark Seas, Lose a Machine, and Obey, they're all different companies. Yeah. But they're all based out of the same warehouse yeah. in Irvine. Yeah, because Loser Machine's more like skating, right? Skating and skating. motorcycle yeah. style. And then Obey's kind of more like fashion and streetwear yeah, like kind of style. artsy kind of a little bit. Right. And then Dark, Dark Seas kind of comes in as like the surfing, fishing aspect of it, which yeah. kind of, I guess, fit in the most with what I was doing since I'm, you know, at the beach all the time. Yeah, yeah. I lifeguard. I, I do all that. So it was just cool to see that like we've gone on fishing trips and stuff I'm oh not, really i'm not b- too big in the fishing but being able Shit. to go with some of those guys that are really talented at it no and, i'd be stoked and to go seeing how, how they do it, it it's really cool so like out of here or out of san diego um out of dana point we out went on, this, point. on the san mateo okay which is cool because i've always you know known fishermen and been, been involved with like that kind of crew but it was never really my thing right and that they're really big in fishing so it, it it's cool to see that world how they're taking so many different aspects of everything and then putting it into one category in the three companies no, they're, they're so gonna, much creativity out of one area you know they're smart that they have these what i think what makes it easy for them is that they have these three separate brands that they could kind of be like okay this is this is the bucket this fits into this is the bucket that that fits into this is the bucket that fits into i'm glad that they're getting involved more in longboarding because i think a lot of companies that traditionally aren't surf companies per se i think the longboarding culture the way it is now at least from my perspective it's it's perfect for like their brands Mm -hmm. you know like i look at some like i think a lot of non-surf brands are going to start getting more and more involved because they're like it's essentially their aesthetic it's the same thing like um like you know everybody likes to say like punk rock music like for me it's like punk rock music isn't necessarily it's a set a sound it's basically what you do so like some jazz like john early john coltrane and all that stuff is actually more punk rock than a sex pistols record will ever be 100%. like so like that they're doing the things right so a lot of other brands are yeah doing woody it. guthrie's punk rock as hell and he's exactly. like folk guy you listen to some of the stuff he's saying it's funny you mentioned coltrane because two of my favorite bands or groups is obviously grateful dead and right velvet underground and Lou Reed and Jerry Garcia were both inspired by John Coltrane's erratic, all-over-the-place style. And that, you know, if you took the Velvet Underground crew and the Grateful Dead crew, they'd be very different people, you know? But yeah. they were both inspired by John exactly. Coltrane, you know? And it, it's crazy how 
just their interpretations of one style has fed into so many mm -hmm. new different things, you know. It, it's very cool to see. Yeah, I, I think that's happening a lot with surfing too, you know, like like I said, these brands are kind of like, hey, you know, we're not necessarily surfers, but what these surfers are doing is the same thing we're doing with art, or it's the same thing we're doing with music, or it's the same thing we're doing with fashion. It's just that they're in a different kind of like a lane, but it's the same mentality, right? They're like doing stuff on their own, this really small scene, nobody really knows about it, on their own terms, it's non-competitive, it's really about just doing better, having more fun, having a great time kind of thing. Um, Speaking of which companies, uh, you started working with Breaker Outsuits, right? Mm. Um, so how did that come about? I have a good buddy, Colin Whitbread. I actually make sushi with him. He, oh wait, so you work for Colin? Yeah. Yeah, I want that. You guys have a, a thing coming up in Malibu. Is that where it is? And we'll do cool like CBD tastings, like put CBD in the food and That's then like, do it in like Venice and that kind of setting. Just jumping into the crazy elitist. LA top 10% kind of coming, yeah. coming from like getting dropped off at Santa and like just like <laughs> kind of being a schmuck all day and then going up there with him and he's so good at you know playing the part of like master sushi chef because he you know in my opinion he is he's so talented mm -hmm. and so knowledgeable in it and uh we would so we'd always be hanging out doing stuff like that and he got to talking about like how I should work a breaker out because they're real creative and they're open to people doing kind of their own thing, mm -hmm. you know? And so we kind of talked a little bit and we figured we'd just give it a shot and came up with a vest and a wetsuit top, sent it to him. And I was like, hey, I'm going to be in Australia in a couple of weeks. If you could send me these, that'd be great. And sure enough, like they sorted it out, sent it out to Wild Things, and then I picked it up out there and just Shit. spot like so quick, within a blink of an eye, just wearing these suits that... I came up with pretty much. That's rad. So I've been working with Colin on a few suits that should be coming out pretty soon. Um, Breaker Out is part of Axe wetsuits, and they're, you know, they're some of the best wetsuits around is right it, now. Is it like going to be easier? Because like getting an Axe wetsuit's like just like one of the hardest things in the world. <laughs> uh, it's just like impossible. Like you have to order it, and you got to do this and that, and go through hoops. Right. Is this going to be a lot easier to get your hands on? I think this is gonna kind of become because axe has kind of an aesthetic of like you know simple is, yeah is good kind of thing yeah and to break away from that breaker out you know they're they're moving more towards like if you want to kind of have a little more aesthetic to your stuff as opposed to just all black with a small logo you yeah. know you can go to stuff like this like colin's fully into his army style he'll do a yeah, whole I've seen army the, green one with I've like seen the, cobra and whatnot i've seen the jacket because they were selling some of that stuff at mollusk like a year ago right so like um i remember seeing like the jacket and stuff which is super pricey um, <laughs> i was like whoa yeah i don't think i'm gonna buy this one uh but i under, i i'm a, i'm a big believer in the expensive wetsuit as long as it's well made you know it's right. definitely like you buy a really good wetsuit and it'll cost you more money but you're not buying a new one every year right? right you're buying one like basically for like like i've had like a japanese wetsuit that lasted me three full years right like just by taking care of it and it's like you can't say that about a lot of wetsuits that'll do that yeah you'll get some you know you put it on the first time and your fingernails go right through it yeah you have to be still careful with them but yeah i would say breakouts definitely 
How much that you'd save a couple of paychecks for and yeah, like yeah, yeah. make an investment deal? No, I saw Long John and I was like, oh, I really need new Long John. I went there, I was like, whoa, this is a board. Yeah. This is not a wetsuit. This is the same price as like me getting a board. I'm okay. I'll wait a little bit. <laughs> you uh, can go to Need Essentials and get, yeah, get a yeah. cheaper one. Yeah, yeah. But if you're if you're looking for something that's that's quality and it's gonna last and it you know has personality, which is good because it's it's good to see that they have that niche, right? Like you were saying, you know, all the, the act stuff is very simple, and clean, and everybody's a lot of brands now are doing this very simple, clean look. Like they want to go black, white logo, that's mm -hmm. it, black, white logo, which is great. I think it's fine, but it's it's nice to see uh, people entering the marketplace, you know, and kind of being like, hey, this has like a little bit of flair. It's like a little bit more interesting. Right. That's what I was dug in, in surfing. One of my favorite things is like supporting people that are doing collaborations you know because I feel like surfing goes hand in hand with like music art skateboarding yeah. it, it can go to so many different uh, facets of stuff so I've always been very stuck on like if I can support this guy doing what he enjoys then he can keep doing it right kind of thing you know so if you see Colin's wetsuit and you're jazzed on it and you like think about it like okay this wetsuit's gonna last it's a quality wetsuit yeah. and I get to support this guy that in Why wouldn't I do that? We'll make more. You know, if, if you're in the position to be able to pull that trigger, then like, I would do it all day. Unfortunately, that's not no, for it's, everyone. But uh, to, to your point, though, I mean, that's the same thing with like board builders, right? Like, you kind of want to, like, I feel more comfortable spending, you know, if I'm going to buy a new longboard from somebody and it's going to be like 12 to like 1400 bucks, I'd rather that money go to someone that's like hand shaping it, their own business locally and stuff like that. So it helps them. Not only am I getting a dope board, but it also helps them support their business and produce two more boards. Like every time I buy a board retail from them full price, they're producing two more. Right, and you're, you're just helping those people out. And it, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in supporting real people that are making things. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, seeing like some big giant corporate conglomerate like, you know, Costco. They're like, oh, serving's huge. Let's uh, make 80,000 softboards and make it a thing. Yeah, which they, they did. They've sold, like, I think Costco has sold more surfboards than any single... Yeah, they're the highest selling surfboard manufacturer in the world. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. And they're, I, also, they're also, here's the other thing, they are also the highest selling pizza chain in the world. Isn't that crazy? Serving a pizza. Who would have guessed? But again, they saw something that was hot, and they were like, fuck it, let's make a lot of them. the pizzas. They are like, we'll make a fucking shitload of cheap pizzas, and we'll be the number one pizza brand, it, it, which is like yeah, kind of crazy. It's nuts, and you know, I, I try to stay away from that. I'd like to support people yeah. doing what they enjoy so they can kind of keep doing well, every, it. Well, every brand that you're associated with, from Gato to Dark Seas to Breaker Out, like it's all brands that are basically like, like they're authentic, they're doing their thing you know it's true and like to, to what you're saying you promoting them helps them get more eyeballs that helps them sell more product that helps them stay in business and do cooler stuff right which is right um now with with all those companies and stuff do you think that there's like a temptation a lot of times for some younger kids that like when these bigger companies come by and they're like hey you know we'll throw x amount of money at you like blah 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 like do you want to ride for us do you think that's like a like an overwhelming temptation or do you think it doesn't exist in, in this like long boarding world it's it's very divisive based i don't know in my opinion based on like where you come from mm -hmm. and where you're at currently in life you know if someone were to present an opportunity to me that would help me out financially i don't have too much backing financially to be able to pass that up to say no right right but you know if you're in a position where like you're 
chilling financially and you're that's not your main preoccupation then like i think by all means if you want to stick to what you're doing and what you believe in then like i totally back that but i don't see anything wrong and you know working with someone to further what you're doing and further what they're doing mm-hmm. kind of thing you know so i guess it just depends it's, right it's interesting if walmart was like i want to give you a million dollars and sponsor you yeah the million dollars would be very tempting but being a billboard for walmart would also kind of be a little funny it would honestly be sick yeah something walmart. like that's a little different though because something like that's like you could have a general influence right they could see you surfing and right. be like, oh shit this is what surfing about it's not about like like doing huge airs it's like no it's like there's there's a different story my wife brings this up all the time because um she's always like hey if someone came and wanted to buy your company for like two million dollars like would you do it and i'm like no and she's like i would kill you <laughs> she's like you should take that money i'm like no i just can't like i know and then to your point it's like i don't have two million dollars but at the same token like i'm not starving so i'm kind of like ah you know what i'll wait it out right but so that's why it's very it's very divisive and i don't have a specific answer uh, on that one just because you know all i can say is like try to support local yeah try to support people that are uh, that are doing it before you go to like a big company that Mm -hmm. that money is not going to feed someone that's just going to go to a bank account and sit there yeah that's not going to even pay a a little piece of someone's salary right kind of thing no and that's the thing that's beautiful about this this surfing scene if you will is that like besides like the social thing of everybody knowing each other and how tight-knit it is on a certain level uh also the support for smaller companies is pretty devout you know we all have our favorite brands that we like you know riding boards or wetsuits and all that kind of stuff and 90 percent of them are smaller brands you know right. they're these smaller shapers you know like like i think like in the last four years every board i've purchased has been like within like you know 40 miles of like where i live so you know, cool. kind of thing like that's like but but it's <laughs> you know we're we're also like a little bit spoiled in Southern California in the sense that we could do that. Like someone who lives in like the central coast of like the East Coast can't mm-hmm. do that. Can't be like, oh, I want to get a longboard like someone locally. And the only people that make longboards locally are like, hey, it's got a hard edge and it's got a two <laughs> plus one. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, this sucks. Right. That's why I don't know if you know. Do you know that guy Asher Hunt? Yeah. Yeah. So Asher, like you know, like he he makes boards and like I he he rides for my my wax company. And like we talk about all the time, like he's like one of the only people that makes like the kind of boards he makes. But he has like this little like crew of like Outer Banks dudes that, and girls that are like like into that thing. They're like they're like we can't buy these kind of boards anywhere else. So right. we'd rather buy it from you than like get something shipped from like Mollusk on the West Coast, kind totally. of thing, which is rad. Um, I'll I'll end this thing with uh, the question I ask everybody: If you had to pick one place to surf, what would it be and why? I mean, it like. Like your favorite place? It, it depends. Grow, growing up in this area, serving Doheny, which is, I love it, but it's a terrible wave. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's it's not something you'd fly across the world for. Right. But, you know, if we were to rewind 70 years, Killer Dana would be there. And yeah. W- without a doubt, that's one of the, maybe it's just because I've grown up here, but it just seems like the coolest place. Right, right. You know, and we're surfing, if they took Malibu and they put a harbor from third point to the pier and we got to surf from the other side of the pier that's how it kind of feels yeah you know so just looking at that fucking jetty every day you're just like fuck i wish you were here yeah Yeah. what what it could have been so i I gotta say color dana without a doubt that would be the one yeah awesome um who do you want to thank in closing if there's anyone i'd like to thank 
you know, obviously, Dark Seas, Breaker Out, Gato, just for all the help they've given me, and then a few other companies, Slow Tide, they're doing towels, they're based out of Costa Mesa, uh-huh. they're absolutely killing it. I didn't it. know they were based out of here, I had no idea. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really rad, they're doing really cool stuff, they just did a collab with the Great Dead. They did. Yeah, it's in, it's insane. I've been dying to do something with them. Really, bad. you got you got to check it out. They're they're really cool. Another company is Manda. They're completely sustainable. They're super. The sunscreen aware. brand. Yeah. yeah, Cyrus works with them, and just the information that they're putting out. Like, I feel like a lot of people didn't realize how harmful sunscreen could be. Yeah. For the environment and even for yourself, you know, like parabens and ethanol and oxybenzones and all that stuff that'll actually give you cancer. You're putting on sunscreen to prevent skin skin cancer, you know, but the active ingredients in it is doing exactly what you're preventing. So having a company I could work with that is conscientious of that is great. Um, Native Brewery, they're a new kombucha company. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're right. They're a startup. Um, I would definitely recommend checking them out and try to get some hands on some kombucha when you can. Yeah. When we were out in uh, Australia, they had a place in Byron we were staying at, and the kombucha is so good. Oh, they, they got a little spot out there? Yeah, so I'd recommend checking them out and uh, try not to leave anyone out. <laughs> but yeah, every, everyone you know that I've grown up looking at, I gotta thank my mom. She's the best. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my girlfriend too. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Good stuff. All right, thanks for sitting down with us. Yeah, man. Thanks so much to River for sitting down and uh, having us in his van and talking about surfing and music and all those kind of things, wetsuits, that kind of stuff. People like River are really where the future of longboarding and surfing for me are all about. A lot of these young men and women who really exemplify the vibe, the culture, and as well as progressing it, you know, progressing it based on what's been done in the past. And you can see the real sensitivity that these guys and girls have, and it comes out in their surfing. And I enjoy watching him. We put links to some clips of him, so make sure you check that out. And uh, yeah, hope you guys dug it. But anyway, let's get back to the episode and the tracks, and I'll check in with you guys in a little bit with a little spiel about surf contests. Peace.
Don't give me your swing, I got mines and that's the thing Blase, 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 who named Belvin? Yeah, don't give me your swing, I got mine and that's the thing Blase, 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 who names Belvin? I photographed the stash, had the alley Vaughn and Haney Slash Fine at the crash, swerving, got the Lala on the dash Getting bent up in the armor truck, stuck him for his gram Shit is candy ends, now we moving on the ancient lands And use the sight of vision for the Valentino Garavani Fuck Amani, butter, we above these crimes Heist the harbors, word the Godfather's getting bleed Tasting on Serana down the Venice Telling Sire about my alley villain ways That's how it was Cause now they got us blaming at the fuzz It's all gun and poses on the bed of roses Getting drunk Wrap them in the row Leave them on the roof till we stink Hit the pool hall Flare the calico and watch the blink Moving on Picasso Painting my portraits and condos Cause when the low blows Only the low knows Hey, hey the low don't knows. give me a swing I got mines and that's the thing Blase, blase, blase Who named Belvin? Yeah, don't give me your swing I got mine and that's the thing Blase, blase, blase Who named Belvin? Yes, I don't hate players I'm from the crown Rhyme sayers, whatever care sayers get down with no delay. I play my car shark style, kings and aces. Welcome to New York, the Ellison, of all places. I never bleed, weaving through this plaza of green. You got the rarest shooting game in your world. Not them forest gum niggas with shades and ass curls. I took my crown fly, I'm trying to angle you, girl. But me and you alliance is no doubt to fly science. But prosecute the phony star clicks with our style. The million dollar next word, go ahead, crack a smile. My name is Ish, and that's something even in this dish. A pimps, players, hustlers, and killers, and they wish You pretty to me, put me in your frame Your complex attitude intrigue me Stronger than blow, you know We can play the scenes like Pacino and Viper My queen who shine on range, three carrots and brighter Finesse and foreign fabrics, Chris, see us tighter Them clown kids you dealt, never belt I came around swift and got felt They champagne, brand name, style, got melt My man, killer jewels, put me close to these jewels That's dropped in the lesson, sent to crush fools Peace. Yo, yo, don't give me a swing. I got mines and that's the thing. It's not just swing. It's mines and that's the thing. So that blase, 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 my name bell rings. Gossiping bitches and niggas who gossip like bitches Claiming they lie but if you pop them they snitching Some watch from the building to gain knowledge of dealers Knowing they lack the heart of those who out on the benches I was out in the trenches which enables me to paint such a powerful picture Like apocalypse now I put my heart in my lyrics Every time I sit down I write my source of inspiration Ain't three and a half mics I must have been an MC in my past life Presently I'm unquestionably poetic I'm that nice People act like I don't deserve nothing I got I grew up in a spot, my sleep was interrupted by customers knocks Some of y'all should just stop the animosity you got for me Luck it was not, for years we ran a project like a marathon It's catastrophic, our time, death and pride became our own conquest Subsequently some are with me, others ain't yet the gutters within me I wish for nothing except that my mother was with me Some play judgment against me based on nothing but envy They pray for my downfall like the song by Biggie Born in a city which never sleeps to rest in peace It's carved in stone, some starve while others bled to eat 
beat Rap is my legacy, I leave my seat, my destiny Except I hope she never see the treachery success could bring The trife, life, and death of kings I'm from the rarest breed of people who rap the street and spit poetically Never sleep, rest assured, mega is dope in its pure form The deal MC, keeping it real is my protocol Fall back, I got you open off the style, I was working on it The beat is lifeless, till I put my verses on it I reminisce confinement as I read a kite from My people with secret indictments, freedom and triumph Contemplating, putting squeeze on the tires Dominating this beat with my rhyming as if you need a reminder I spit that drug dealer shit you might have seen on the wire What other lyricists is known for giving people consignment I'm eager to find my equal with rhyming I rock iceberg jeans with the Nikes and extremists with rhyming Deep as Poseidon, breeded in violence Now I live in a peaceful environment A secret asylum from the streets where people be wildin' Some blind with fury from seeing me shining Like a phoenix arising from the depths showing the reaper defiance Welcome back to Volume 50 of the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Hope you guys have been enjoying the interview, the tracks, my talking, whatever. Uh, let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the iTunes description for this episode for track listings and links to things we're talking about. Also, head over to bodegabordercrew.com. You want to pick up some Chunky's wax, if you want to pick up some OPP shirts, if you want to pick up some thank you for not surfing here t-shirts, or the Surf's Up Bros Down zine. We still have some copies left of that. It's uh, selling out pretty fast. And uh, yeah, you could check it out and uh, hope you guys like that. But let's get to the big spiel of this episode. So I'm going to preface this by saying surf contests and competition in general is something that's not in my wheelhouse. I wasn't born or wired that way for competition. I'm competitive with myself. I don't feel any need to be competitive with other people. So I don't find any attraction in, in it. Okay, so I'm going to uh, do that. The second thing is I don't think you'll ever have a surf contest because the surfing that we're covering and talking about is extremely subjective. I don't think you can necessarily say one person or another person based on scores is better than the other person. You know, do they particularly fit criteria that have been laid out that they need to perform certain things on a wave? You can possibly do that. But then, you know, style is such a big component here. You could have someone in full trim just looking super stylish. I would think would sometimes look better than someone who's just riding the nose, uh, which you see a lot. So I want to preface this whole segment with this. 
Now let's get to the nitty gritty. Obviously I posted something on Instagram that ruffled a lot of feathers, but also gained a lot of support. And that's where I basically called out the Relic contest. Now, if you're not familiar with the Relic, they're a contest that started, I believe in 2017, they did the first one in Malibu. Then last year they did Malibu and Trestles. And if I'm not wrong, they had a high pro and a classic division, which, you know, they separated basically the high pro side biters with the leashes and the hard edge tails uh, from the more traditional single finners. And there were these two divisions. Now, this year they're back on the scene and they're in full force. And I have a couple of beefs with them and I posted it and I don't think people understood. I did it in a very comical way and I did it in a very, you know, my Instagram voice, which is a bit different than my podcast voice. My Instagram voice is just kind of really like, just fucking around, to be honest. I'm just joking, you know, just being an asshole, essentially. And uh, so I wanted to really talk about it. So the, the thing I will say is this, is that the Relic, yes, fundamentally is trying to do something good. They're trying to put money into surfing. They're trying to put it in the pockets of people. They're trying to give exposure to a lot of people and all that, which is good and all. I'm not gonna front on that. And people from the Relic, guess what? You could quote me on that. I hope you guys are happy. You can. Stop having your dogs come after me as trolls and sending me DMs and uh, have pre-written comments that they paste twice. You know, you can, you can just approach me. Uh, you don't need to have people call me either. But here's the beefs that I have and what got me really upset. They call themselves a longboard world tour and they still to this day, they have that on their site. When they actually just have two stops, they have two stops in California that aren't even a road trip. I mean, Malibu first point in trestles, like, on a good day, it's like, what, three hours apart? Three and a half hours apart max, if you take a drive? And they're calling themselves a world tour. So that just seems kind of off and a misrepresentation of what it is. I also think they're, you know, trying to take a stab at WSL because I know from things I've heard behind the scenes that part of the reason that some people got involved with the Relic early on in the background was reactionary to what was going on in the longboard tour in the WSL and we'll get to that in a little bit. So I think that's a little bit of stab at them. They're also saying this whole thing like surf league and beyond. Like I have no fucking clue what that means. And if you read most of the writing on their site, me, I come, I work in the creative field, the creative marketing field and branding field. Most of the writing they have on their site is vapid kind of nonsense that just doesn't mean anything concrete. And here's another example where it's like surf league and beyond. They'll put these vague statements out there that who knows what the fuck it means, to be honest, maybe to their audience, it's something to me. I just don't, don't even know what the hell that means, you know? And a lot of people questioned it. So I think it's a little weird. Now they did this online judging thing where a certain amount of people qualified from last year based on their placings and then people had to submit videos. Now how they did the video submission thing, they did it where they told people, hey, you have to put together a little video, you have to use our hashtag, you have to put it on your social channels and all that kind of stuff. And look, you gotta play the game, right? At the end of the day, you gotta play the game if you wanna get into their system. But I, it's a blatant, call for them to draft off of everybody's social media channels. You know, by having people post videos and then saying, hey, here's my entry for the Relic, go vote for me, or whatever it may be, or Relic, come look at me, it's using their hashtag 
to promote their contest more than more than promoting the people. They have to be honest about this. And someone who called me, who's associated with the relic, agreed with me on this, okay? There's nothing good or bad, but just be transparent about it. This is what you're doing. You're basically using other people's social media accounts to promote your contest. That's not good or bad, but just be transparent about it, okay? Now, the other thing too, with the whole idea of having these videos go up, I know that there's people within the Relic that looked at the videos. I believe that Nat Young looked at them and some other people, and then they whittled it down to like a bunch of people and there was online voting. So now you have this online voting system. Great, you're opening it up to the public. Totally get that. There's a couple of flaws here though. There's a couple of flaws here that they need to address, and I spoke to someone associated with the Relic and they did agree with me on this. One, on mobile devices, you can use multiple fake email addresses to vote. If I sat there and I wrote bodega1 at gmail.com, bodega2 at gmail.com, bodega3 at gmail.com, and kept refreshing the page, I could vote and the votes did count. We tested this. It doesn't place a cookie. So whoever did your programming and for the amount of money that the Relic is touting that they have, they didn't spend it on that. And they should have. And that's a basic fundamental thing. On desktop, I didn't try it. On desktop, it could work differently where it does place a cookie and it worked in Chrome. But I know when I tried it on Safari, on a mobile device, I could cheat the system. That's a little weird. The other thing too, that's a little sketchy with online voting is this, is that I have incident instances and I've seen this where as an example, somebody's mom was associated with a daytime TV show or knew someone at a daytime TV show and they were able to place their child's uh, video submission on that website for voting to a bunch of housewives all across the country who have no clue about surfing, but they're just gonna go and vote. So that skews the vote a little. I've also heard instances of people telling people to vote on their business social media channels and telling the people who voted that they'd be entered into a contest to win a gift certificate to a business. Now, I equate this to selling Girl Scout cookies and I'm a parent. There's nothing wrong with you being a parent and basically helping your kids sell Girl Scout cookies, right? Telling people at your office, hey, my daughter's selling Girl Scout cookies for a troop. They're raising money for this aquarium trip, whatever it may be. Do you want to buy some cookies? That's totally legit. Everybody does that. No problem. What's wrong is if you went to your, to your boss at your company and said, hey, can we put a URL to my daughter's Girl Scout cookie troop on our corporate website so that we could get attention. That's kind of fucked up. That's something I know as a parent I would never do. Uh, I think it teaches a bad lesson to your kids, but whatever. There's been instances of this happening. People sent me screenshots. I'm not gonna call out people. You know who you are. That was a, another problem. And I think that's a little shady. Now, talking about transparency, when you go to their About Us page, you don't know who they are. They have quotes up there. They have these like quotes up there that are credited to Relic. Like Relic is like, I don't know, like some collective consciousness in outer space or something or in longboarding. You don't know, who, you know who's involved. There's people involved in the background in the Relic that I think it actually would be benefit them to tell who's involved. I know some of these people that are involved and I'm not gonna say who they are because they don't wanna even say who they are. 
but there's people involved with the relic that it should be publicized. I think it's important. I think they're actually doing themselves a disservice by not, and it just seems very fake. You know, let's know who's behind this. You know, as much as I talk shit about the WSL, you know who the commissioner is, you know who the tour manager is, you know who this person is, you know who the judges are, you know all that stuff, you know who the people are. Here it's like you have no fucking clue who anybody is, which is kind of like problematic if you ask me. That's just weird. But those were like my main qualms, you know? I know when I post something like this, it's gonna definitely trigger some people, make some people upset. And look, I think a lot of high pro longboarders, they're nervous now because what Devin and the WSL did when they opened the division where there's no classic, there's no high pro, there's just basically longboarding. You wanna show up your, with your high pro setup? You wanna show up with your single fin setup? Go ahead, it's the same divisions. I think in a way it kind of scared them because it's like what little money there is in longboarding is like slowly going to be filtered out to other people. Look, the Noosa event, Justin won. Justin Quintel won. You know, it wasn't a high pro longboarder. Um, and I think some of them are scared because I've gotten a response from most of those people. Most of the people that have like the hate stuff, it's towards me, which, hey, I welcome it. Go ahead. I don't give a shit. Bring it. But like, it's mostly the people from that world. It's not the single fin people. The single fin people know their place. Now look, also with the Relic, I'm excited for some of my friends to get picked to be in it. Sierra, David, like, I'm stoked for them. They're gonna make a little bit of money. They're gonna get exposure. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. And for the people I don't know, it's great and all. But let's just make sure it's like on the proper merit. Now what that proper merit is, it's probably under review and you gotta figure it out and it's not gonna make everyone happy, but I think with some transparency it could be better. You gotta look at like what Devin is doing at the WSL. I used to talk so much shit about the WSL because I thought what they were doing with competitive longboarding, as much as I hate competition, as I said before, was horrible. And the stories I heard was horrible. But Devin, they're trying to move the needle. You know, they set up these three events that they're doing, this format where you could get invited to the final event, you know, best of two scores, like two event scores. Anyone could show up to the beach and pay the entry fee and go. It's like, if you want to talk about making it accessible to everyone, there could be some local kid in the Long Island stop who nobody's ever heard of and he just pays and he could get in. Look, Justin Quintel was not an auto selection for the Noosa event for the WSL. He actually went to the beach, he paid the entry fee, he surfed the most heats that you could possibly surf, and he won the event. So if you want to talk about accessibility and fairness, that's accessible and fair, okay? Now there's other contests, you know, like the Innocence One Fin One, one Wave One Fin contest, like that's something that's very much like, if you want to talk about giving exposure to people, that gives exposure to people, there's no doubt. But you know, like the WSL, like I think like they're doing a move in the right direction. And I've heard some rumors from some reliable sources internally at the WSL, two things, you know, one, that after the WSL did this open division thing where it wasn't classic, where it wasn't high pro, you noticed that the Relic changed right away and did the same thing. Now, meanwhile, the Relic was meant to like push the WSL, so maybe they did in a way. The other thing that's happened is that the event at Noosa was so successful that there's some big companies that now want to get involved with longboarding. So there might be some big sponsors at the New York event. I've heard, I've heard stuff that's really reliable that that's going to be a good chance. So that's going to be more money. I've talked about the Relic. I've talked about the WSL. I'll go to like my all-time favorite. And the thing that helped invigorate this whole competitive culture, which is Joel's du duct tape invitational. 
And what they do with the duct tape, what Nolan and Joel do with the duct tape is great. They pick great people, they pick great locations, they make it interesting. It's not a repetition of the same people all over again. It's no qualifying. Now, I know people have a qualm where it's like, oh, it's invitation only, like, well, that's what it is. You know, it's an invitational. It's right in the name of the thing. It's an invitational. It's not an open, it's not the USO, it's an invitational. And they do really got a good job of picking people. You know, for the next one that's coming up very shortly, they're picking such a great crowd of people. Like, I'm really excited. And, you know, they do a good mix. They pick locals, you know. They were also the first one that, like, gave the equal pay to, to men and, and women in competitive surfing. They led the charge. So you got to give them a lot of credit to that. And they also make it like a whole weekend. They make it a whole experience. You know, as a spectator, it's great. You know, as a spectator, it's great to go to. Like, you could go... You can see surfing, you can see other stuff related to surfing, music, board building, all this stuff. It's amazing. You know, he's he set the standard that everybody wants to do. And obviously you have the offshoots, you have the hot dogger, you have the Ventucky. Like I said, you have the Innocence thing, which I love. Uh, and I think we're going to be a sponsor for the next one. If you look at all these competitive contests, they're trying to be respectful and transparent. And I think my biggest qualm with the Relic is it wasn't. It was not transparent to the public. They are maybe in their own eyes, they think they're being transparent, but honestly, to the public, it wasn't. So hopefully that clears things up. And again, this is just my opinion and I'm welcome to hear anyone else's opinion. And actually somebody who's associated with the Relic called me after the post. And I give them a lot of credit for calling me and being really upfront on a personal level. And they agreed with some stuff I had to say and they disagreed with some stuff. And that's totally cool. And that's how the world fucking works. I don't expect everyone to agree with 100% of things I do. And nobody should expect anyone else to agree with 100% of the things that they do. But like, dude, just be chill. Like people get like crazy, you know? It's like social media really does show how human beings devolve. And honestly, like if you're gonna post some shitty comments on my, my Instagram, I'm gonna fuck with you the whole time. That's what I do. Expect that. I'm just gonna fuck with you and make fun of you and make you look stupid. And especially if you cut and paste fucking shit that someone else wrote for you, you look like a fucking idiot. I'm sorry, I don't care. Anyway, I'm done. So why don't we get back to the tracks and I'll check in with you guys in a little bit with some short takes. Peace.
Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 50. I honestly cannot believe that I've done 50 of these. Especially since in the last like two, three months, I've scaled back on doing these. I think I'm doing one every six weeks or something. Like I just, it's kind of nuts to me. But thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Uh, but let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full description on your iTunes player for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. And what are we talking about this week? Well, we got some short takes for you. The first short take we have this week is this electric acid surfboard test that STAB does. Uh, last year they did it with Dane Reynolds, which was kind of cool. It was kind of, a, I'm not gonna lie, I, I love Dane Reynolds surfing, but that one was kind of a letdown, especially what he was saying about the little hull. I mean, it's kind of painful to watch him surf that, to be honest. But this time around, they have Stephanie Gilmore, who is, I think, God's gift to competitive women surfing. I think she's just like the best and has the best style and smile on her face and approaches competitive surfing in such a beautiful way and high, high pro surfing in, uh, in general. And they have her surfing a bunch of boards and made by a lot of different people. Brian Lovelace made some, uh, Jerry Lopez and his son made some, you have a Mayhem board in there, you have Scott Anderson board, uh, you have uh, morning of the earth board you have everything in between alex nose made a board this video is great uh our boy alberto did the soundtrack for it and the score which is really great i i love it a lot so hats off to you alberto i also love her surfing on this and her commentary and you know i've seen a lot of footage of her surf twins and singles and she looks like she's having so much more fun and you could see that in this video you know, it's, I'm not gonna give too much away in like what she claims is the winner, but it's something I predicted as the winner and something I really wanna get for myself in a bigger size. It's, it's kind of been my dream board to, to shape, but we, play, we have a link to it. Great job, Stab. Great job, Stephanie. Great job, Alberto. And amazing boards by all the shapers who did it. Ryan, everybody, and uh, yeah, check it out. The second short take I have is Log Rap the Movie. This is Ryan's movie that he did on his own. It's it's his baby. He's been working on this for a while. And it's it's amazing. It's really, really, really good. He had the premiere over at Happy Battle, uh, which was really cool. And it's about 20 minutes long. It's edited really well. Uh, lots of great surfing in it. Lots of great people in it. You know, he has he has Kai Takayama, he has Alec Rockrise, he has Blake, he has Nick, he has, uh, I believe, Rivers in it, just a bunch of people. It's really, I'm glad this came out because it shows his aesthetic and it shows like what he's about and what he wants to do. The other thing too is it makes me really happy because, uh, you know, we're working on a movie together and after I saw this, I was like, whoa, our movie's gonna be like sick, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so we have a link to it. Make sure you check it out and uh, let us know what you think. The last short take we have this week is this clip that Dan Surf Videos uh, put up of Mr. Toots. Dan Surf Videos, he shoots all this stuff on Oahu, North Shore, Waikiki, all over the island. You know, he's, he has such a huge library on Vimeo and YouTube of stuff he shot. That's really cool to check out. But this one is all of Mr. Toots. I think he's surfing Queens mostly. 
And Mr. Toots is like one of my favorite longboard surfers to watch. He has such amazing style. I love watching him because he's not like 100% Hawaiian style. It's kind of this mix of like Hawaiian style and California style and he just looks really good. And I think he's shaping his own boards as well. So we have a link to that video. You should check it out. Hope you guys dig it. And uh, yeah, that's it for the short takes. But that's it for this episode, episode 50. I want to thank everybody for listening each and every episode. You know, we've gotten a lot of feedback from people and we try to respond to it. I want to thank everybody who supports the Bodega Border Crew. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, trademark lawyers in Boston who try to come after me. You know, you guys are little bitches that have probably never been in a bodega and you're going to not get anything out of me and you could go fuck off to be honest i tried to handle this very very politely and then i realized that you guys are dipshit so fuck you and uh quote me on that uh but anyway enough of the negativity i'm actually really really lucky to have an audience like this and get an opportunity to speak to people such as river uh such as Devin and joel and all these other people in this world and be a part of it and i just want to really give it the respect it deserves uh, the best I can and the best we all can. And so I get very passionate about things that I see disrespecting it. And it's something that sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. You know, deep down it comes from a place of where I just want to see this progress and I want, you know, a better surfing world for my child, if that makes sense. You know, I want her to step into a surfing world that she's really happy and excited about and accepted in and, you know, has to earn respect and it's just not given to her. But anyway, Thank you for joining me. I'm uh, going to leave you with some tracks and then I'll see you next time. Uh, have a really fun episode coming up and uh, it might be sooner than you think. So I'll leave you with our famous closing words. There's no need to bust a craze on a wave. Go out there, have fun. I know Malibu First Point and places like that are going to get more and more crowded. But you know what? Just look out for each other. Try to have fun and uh, see you guys out there. Peace. When I set the effects My syllables are critical in paragraph form I top order bot when it's time to transform The hits are fixed like a horror flick And I get a kick out of making the chamber on my automatic click And this is how I stroll around the way I grab a microphone, flow in an unknown way I'm leaving niggas dead 
I grab a microphone and then I proceed to him head. To him head. Yeah, him and heads. You know what I'm saying? With the ill flow. I be the nigga walking around town like Geronimo. Like Geronimo. Him and heads. You know what I'm saying? Running it down the line. I'm a hem head, a hem head. Get out. It's all about hemming up head. A flat line mind is leaving sanity. And Archie Bunker caught a gunshot with all in his family. All the president's men staying alert. Cause when they see me with the microphone, they know somebody's getting hurt. It be a ill scene or street life. Cause I'll be shanking niggas up like a schizo with a butcher knife. I wanna back up the police chief. And when I'm home alone, me, myself, and I be catching beef. It never stops. I let vocal rain drop. Catch a rust like a record style rumble in a cell block. Geronimo will blow. Cause I be cutting niggas up like a black fucking Rambo. Locked in the jungle, I turn rhymes like a bundle. I'm the mic, Mr. One, to fool the punchlines. I sign, start leaving them blind. And then my pen and my pad be lamping to with jail time. It's like a free base sweater soaking up your face. When I get hotter than a firefighter working with a North Face, I start reaching for my hardware. And every night before I go to sleep, I pray for a nightmare. Forget about the good fellas. I be your brain sweller, keeping dead bodies in my cellar. The feds are keeping track on my dead heads. I grab a microphone up and then I start hemming heads. Hemming heads. Hemming heads. You know what I'm saying? Open up the can of wet bass, you get smashed. 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 Yeah. You know what I'm saying? On the one, drop this fucking ball. heads. Yeah. Niggas never wanna get fucked up or fucked over. Fucked over. Fucked over. Fucked over. Uh, it's all about uh, him and come on, head. Come on. Body parts in a ziplock And with my hands I'll be leaving niggas stunned off a of headlocks Past the clip so I can roll them through the cypher Step up to the roof with the scope and I'm a sniper Man B don't wanna see light after me Because the bitch in his body showing naturally Saddam's son coming from the Amazon I be the evil minded team sweeper scenes from beyond Rolling through the ghetto, not the metals. Baggers lay around, pushing roses to a pedal. Sick minded youth, my mental mode is scarred. For Halloween, the wicked teen is lamping in the graveyard. Murder's going down in the killing fields. Grabbing mics and I'm busting off steel. Niggas lay around under bedspreads. I grab a microphone up and now I'm done, hem and head. Hem and head. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Big shout to my whole fam. Extra P, Big B, Nick the Exotic. JB, Chief of the Tribe, Nasty Nas, Chief Two, my little brother, everyone else, you know what I'm saying, at the stomping grounds. Check it out, check it out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Over intercar, shorty, I've been ripping up for years now. Motif smile on the prowl, my lifestyle. I better get my position now to blow you cast like trap. Smooth criminal from New York to Quebec. Unbelievable respect, Plan X. 22 ways about the projects, but keep focus. I wreck wastelands on the quest, getting deeper than check. We all die, but who's next? And we go against my enemies, I keep friends. Cause when I want them, I got them and take them rock bottom and rapid fire. It's you versus I, hit man fire, blow the world like a live wire. Cuban connection, flexing, wildin', sippin' crit style by the 
down the valley. Roll clips, holding it down, my gun spit. Crime I deal with, drive a 540 with 10. Yo, nice, hold a strip up on the hill in the brick. Flush the golden kid, wisdom, knowledge, still living. Understand what I'm giving, a wild life to live in while we all driven. To sell drugs, young black thugs, and take slugs. Most invincible, getting money's the principle. Every day's an interview. You know who I'm talking to, the best chosen. Laying on 45th and cold and selling drugs to the morning. Swifter than my opponents, mess around and catch a bonus. One love to Ryan Owens, when you died I wasn't holding. And ever since that day I walk around double toasting. With two hosts, one in posters, bust whatever closest. I die like a man in the black Testarossa. Flush don't give a damn, I'm taking over. My Cuban connection, flexing, wallin'. Sippin' Chris down by the gallon. Queen stallion. Investing 30 G's of stock non-stop Crystal popping, drop topping While the feds watching They on my back, keep me up like Al Pacino All Joe Pesky in casino Take keys up, Palico And transport state to state Living great, but surrounding Hellgate Can't escape, money made, regulate New York City, crime state And bless the LP track to make an earthquake Now wait, desert storm just like Kuwait Watch Jake, can't go to jail with no cake Cause when I come home, I got to live crazy straight Cuban connection, flexing, wellin', sippin' Chris style by the gallon, Queen Stallion, no doubt. Ice down medallions, what's it all about? Ice down medallions, Cuban connection, flexing, wellin', sippin' Don P by the gallon, Queen Stallion, no doubt. Ice down medallions, what's it all about? Ice down medallions, what up? No means, that's off the gas, work flush like that, flush it back to high back, back to high back, left back, yo. Mostly the voice that gets you up And mostly the voice that makes you buck A lot of rappers got flavor and some got skills But if your voice ain't dope, then you need to Up steps one, he gets done Then up steps another, he gets smothered That's word to mother, or should I say moms I drop bombs, scorching niggas like napalm Sucker, boy, get off my shit, get off my dick So what I make butter hits you better change your behavior Cause battling gangstar, no religion can save ya My religion is rap, R-A-P, R-E-A-L-I-T-Y-G Cause when I rock street kids rejoice I got mad rhymes, still it's mostly the voice That gets you up, and mostly the voice That makes you buck, a lot of rappers got flavor And some got skills, but if your voice ain't dope Then you need to chill, chill, chill. So when you think you know the whole, you don't even know the half You're not a threat to myself, and neither to my staff Not the type to really dance too much Although I used to, rather bust a fresh line And get loose to the blunted ill types of beats Premier makes, make your girls rare shake Let me set it straight, it's the voice that gets you up And mostly the voice that gets you buck A lot of rappers got flavor, and some got skills But if your voice ain't dope, then you need to chill, chill.
Some rappers use hooks to their shit But if you took that shit out And then you took all the music out What would remain? The voice, no doubt Bless my soul, I control When in pimp mode My bankroll expands I invest in my man I plan to keep rap real So if your shit ain't fat, then kneel You squeal Feeling pain from my oral flex What about all sex? Which chick's next? To open wide and get a chunk from a real brother Yeah, some real funk from a real brother They get sprung and most of them don't recover But I don't diss them, I just talk to them Cause the sound of my voice, it does a lot to them So you and the niggas right there, be aware Like SWV, I'm right here Wait to correct your ass And if you don't follow now, I disrespect your ass More vicious than Sid, do a crime with no bit I tell a bitch that I didn't when you know that I did And take a trip to a land afar Then come back And people still know Gangstar See I'm the latest choice Cause I got crazy styles But still it's mostly the voice The voice that gets you up It's mostly the voice that makes you buck A lot of rappers got flavor And some got skills But if your voice ain't dope Then you need to Shug, shug, shug Oh shit, shug, what up? What's up, money? Slouchy, man, about to go do this shit in the studio Oh yeah, you just let me get on that shit You always tell me I can get on, man You need to let me get on that Right. For real, man Yo, man I'm saying, yo, if I let you get busy, man, you know what I'm saying, you can't, you disappoint me. I'll flip shit. I'm gonna flip shit on you. 